0: Let's pray and ask God to meet us in the Word. Thank you, Lord, for all that's happened this morning. And I pray now that you would meet us as we open up the Scriptures. And I pray that you would help me to be in in faithfulness to what you wrote in these words. And I pray that you'd give us hearts that would say yes and that you would let us hear with faith and that you would, as Josie shared earlier, that you would bring about the change in our hearts as we look to you and as we are willing. So come, Lord, I pray, and move upon us through your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So as I was thinking about... Uh, this morning's passage, I thought about how there's a, a trail near my house uh, that goes by a creek, and it's where I go to, to walk and to, and to pray almost, almost every day. And I've walked and prayed there hundreds of times, because we've lived there for 20 plus years, hundreds of times. And, and as I've walked over the years, there's two ladies that I've seen who also walk together on this trail. And I've seen them dozens of times, and I've greeted them dozens of times, but uh, it struck me this last week, and it's been growing over a couple of, of weeks, I've never told them about Jesus Christ. And, and just I've been thinking wow, uh, they may not be trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and treasure they may still be under the guilt of their, their sin because they're not trusting Christ. They are without God. They're without hope in the world because they're not trusting Christ. And they, they face eternal punishment because they're not trusting Christ. And, and dozens of times I've seen them, dozens of times I've, I've greeted them, but I've never told them about Jesus. And, and I've thought about why. And there's all kinds of rationalizations and all kinds of excuses. But, but I think the biggest reason is I'm, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of an awkward conversation where they're not happy that I'm talking about Jesus. Or they're displeased with me in some way. Or they might even mock me in, in some way. Or they, 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 they are reproachful towards me. And, and so for me, the biggest reason is just because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that, um, that it'll be awkward that they may not like me because of that. And I'm pretty sure that I'm not alone. I would guess that if we think about neighbors or uh, work associates or people we, you know, we we see when we're shopping or friends, I would guess all of us, or at least most of us, have have someone in our lives we've never talked to about Jesus because we're just afraid. Um, of, of what they might think. We're afraid of their relationship changing. We're afraid of it becoming awkward. We're afraid of them criticizing us or mocking us or reproaching us. Now, here's the good news. You ready? In this morning's passage in Hebrews, uh, God gives us a truth. The author of Hebrews, I mean, God through the, the author of Hebrews gives us a truth which, if we will understand it, and if we will embrace it, and trust it, and let the Holy Spirit marinate our souls in it. It can free us entirely from that fear. Wouldn't you like to be freed from that fear? And I would. I'm praying for this. God's been working this in my heart this week, and that's why I wanted to share share that story with you. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 13. Hebrews 13. We're going to start in verse 13. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We want you all to have a Bible to look on. Very important. We're here about studying God's Word. We're passionate about God's Word here at Mercy Hill Church. And Hebrews 13 13 is on page 1010 in the Bibles we're passing out. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 16. We're coming to the end of Hebrews. Okay, what? A, oh, this has been a rich feast for me. This has been powerful. Very intimidating book to preach. You've been gracious with me, and we've been having a good time, so Hebrews 13. Now, a little bit of background to the passage. Last week we saw that the readers of this letter were tempted to, to pursue a strange teaching that's not anywhere in the Bible. They were, they were being tempted to think that what would strengthen their hearts, or that when, when their hearts are weak, with like guilt, or fear, or emptiness that the way to get God's grace was by eating certain foods. We don't know the details of that strange teaching, but that's what they had heard somewhere, and they were being tempted to be, to be moved away from Christ. And so what we saw in verses 7 through 13 is, the author says, that's not how to get your heart strengthened. If you're weighed down with guilt, or with fear, or with discouragement, or hopelessness, or pride, or whatever it might be, the way to, to have God's grace come into your heart is by turning to Jesus Christ. Trusting all that he promises to be to you, and that when we open up the scriptures and see who Jesus is and trust him supernatural things start to happen the Holy Spirit brings supernatural change into our hearts and we're we're strengthened and we're encouraged and we're loved and we're established and we're freed and that's what the author says in verses seven through thirteen so when we turned our hearts towards Jesus, God will come and he will strengthen our hearts. But now there's something else that will happen to us when we turn to Jesus and get our hearts strengthened. Something that might sound strange at first. He says in verse 13 that everyone who goes to Jesus to get our hearts strengthened will bear the reproach that Jesus endured. Look at verse 13. Therefore let us go to him, speaking of Jesus, outside the camp I'll talk more about that in a moment and bear the reproach he endured so everyone who goes to Jesus with a weak heart guilty heart empty heart and we trust him and he forgives us through the cross and he fills us and he strengthens us and he satisfies us everyone who goes to Jesus in that way will also bear the reproach that Jesus endured now what's reproach? reproach is like mocking scoffing judgment criticism So everyone who goes to Jesus and meets Jesus really in our hearts, every one of us will bear the reproach that Jesus endured. But now why? It's my first question as I looked at that verse. Why, if we go to Jesus, will we bear the reproach he endured? Why? What's, what's, What's going on here? And to understand why, we need to go back to verse 11. Let's just kind of walk through verse 11, 12, and 13. Verse 11 talks about the Old Testament sacrifices, the animal sacrifices that were offered for sin. Those are a picture of what Jesus would do, but look at verse 11. He says, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, those bodies are burned outside the camp. This is Old Testament, before Jesus came. God had established animal sacrifices as a picture of what Jesus would do on the cross. And when a, a bull was offered as a sin offering, the only parts that would be burned at the altar in the, in the temple were the, the liver and the kidneys and the fat. Okay, Everything else was taken outside the camp, outside the city, to like basically a garbage dump where it would be burned up as refuse. Okay, That's, that's verse 11. And this is a picture of what Jesus would do on the cross. So verse 12. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Jesus suffered outside the gate of Jerusalem, outside the camp, okay, at a place where criminals were killed. That's why he was, had on either side of him two criminals who were being crucified at the same time he was That's the execution place. It was not a place of honor. It was a place of shame. It was a place of contempt. It was a place of mockery. Public executions taking place. And as he suffered on the cross, the religious leaders openly mocked him. You're the Savior. Save yourself. (laughs) Look at him. He suffered. And the soldiers jeered at him. And the crowds mocked him. And he endured reproach as he suffered. What does that mean for us? Verse 13. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. See, we we can live inside the camp, inside the city. This is a picture of the the city of this world. We can live there, seeking what will be affirmed by the world, what is honorable to the world, what is going to be praised by the world. We can live there, okay, in the city of this world. Or we go to Jesus, okay, who was scoffed and mocked, and reproached by people, and and if we go to Jesus, then we will also endure or bear the reproach that he endured. Now, why? Why will that happen if we go to him? It says it'll happen, but why? And here's why I think it is. It's because everyone who goes to Jesus with a weak heart, a guilty heart, an empty heart, a hopeless heart, a discouraged heart, a proud heart, an in-bondage heart, everyone who, who turns to Jesus and trusts Jesus and receives forgiveness and strength and gentleness and comfort and encouragement and hope and life, everyone who experiences that will love Jesus Christ. You'll love him. And you'll worship him. And you will speak of him. And when he tells you, go tell everybody about him, you'll want to obey him. And so you will tell people about Jesus. You'll tell people in the city of the world about Jesus. And many of them will welcome your message. Many of them will welcome your message. Some of them will come to faith in Jesus Christ. But just like with Jesus, some of them will reproach you. Some of them will mock you. Some of them will scoff at you. Some of them will be distant from you. You'll bear reproach. You will endure the reproach that Jesus bore, that he endured. So that's why, if we go to Jesus, we will bear the reproach he endured. That's why. Here's the problem. Reproach doesn't feel good. Anybody like, looking for some reproach today? <laughs> Who might reproach me today? I'll, I'll go talk to them. You know, Reproach doesn't feel good. Mockery doesn't feel good. Scoffing doesn't feel good. We all move away. It's just a natural, we, we move away from, from that. And the author knows that it doesn't feel good. And he knows that, that we can fear reproach so much that we disobey reproach christ's call to love the people around us and tell them about who he is and we can let the fear of reproach cause us to disobey christ and the author knows that and so in the next verse he gives us a truth to help us overcome that fear of reproach look at what he says here's the question how can we overcome our fear of reproach and the answer is in verse 14 So read verses 13 and 14 together to get the the flow of thought. Verse 13, Therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Now notice verse 14, the very first word there. It's the word for. We talk about that word a lot here at Mercy Hill Church, okay? So verse 14 is the reason. Here's the reason why we'll be able to do the previous verse. This is why we will be willing to go to Jesus, even though that means bearing the reproach that he endured. Here's why. And a a huge part of Bible study, a huge part of preaching, but a huge part of Bible study that we all should be pursuing is to notice reasons, Don't just focus on commands and the other stuff, that's just all the fine print. What what are we supposed to do? That's kind of the bottom line. No, no, no. Notice the commands, but notice the reasons that are given, which will enable us to obey the commands, and pray over those reasons, think about those reasons, talk with our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ about those reasons until we see, that makes sense. That's a reason. And then as you pray over that, the Holy Spirit will take that reason and change your heart. So you'll be encouraged and strengthened to obey. That's how it's supposed to work. That's that's why we have reasons. The Holy Spirit gives reasons for why we are to do and why we'll be able to do the things he calls us to do. So how is verse 14 a reason? And how does that reason help us be willing to bear the reproach Jesus endured? Read it again. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Kind of picture it like this. Let's say over here is the city of the world. Okay, here's the city of the world where if you live here, you'll be affirmed by the world. You'll be praised by the world. You'll be, you know, loved and, right, you'll be blessed by the world. Okay, you'll have favor in the world. Okay, that's, there's, there's the city of the world over, over there. And over here is Jesus. He's outside the city, outside the gates of the city, outside the, the camp. And Jesus was mocked by the city. Okay? He was scorned by the city. He was scoffed at by the city. So here we have the city of this world, and here we have Jesus. And so we, we have a choice. I mean, we're we're here. This is where we where we start off living, and we can continue to stay here pursuing the affirmation of the world, pursuing the accolades of the world, the applause of the world, or we can leave the city and go out, because Jesus is over here. Jesus is not here in this sense, okay, he he goes to them, he wants to save them, but, but he's here on the cross, and if we go to him and identify with him and obey him by speaking of him, then we will no longer have the applause and the favor we will have the reproach. We will bear the reproach that Jesus endured. So so that's the choice that we face. So now, okay, there's our choice. Favor, praise, applause, mocking, scorning, reproach. (laughs) Why would anyone go over here? Right? Why would I go over here? We need a reason We need a really good reason. So far, you're not helping me. I need a reason, okay? And the reason's right there in verse 14. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. So the city of this world, this is so crucial to get, is not lasting. Just look around you, okay? And look out the doors and Think of the skyline of San Jose. And this city here, the city of the world, is not lasting. Which means that its praise and applause and popularity is not lasting. It will end. It also means that its reproach and its scoffing and its mockery is not lasting. Okay? So this city is not lasting. That's the first part of verse Fourteen. Its praise is not lasting. Its applause is not, not lasting. Its affirmation is not lasting. And when we identify with Jesus and we experience its mockery and its scorning and its scoffing, that too is not lasting. Okay? That's one part of the reason. So there's a second part of the reason. There's a city which is to come. It's not here yet. It's the heavenly city. The new Jerusalem the new heavens and the new earth. And the way we seek the city which is to come is by leaving this city and by faith looking to Jesus and letting him strengthen our hearts, lift the guilt, fill us, satisfy us. We love him, we worship him, we obey him, we speak of him and we experience reproach and mockery and scoffing. But as we leave that city and come to Jesus, that's how then we will, that's how we seek the city which is to come. And if we're living that way, by faith alone in Christ alone, then the moment you die, or Jesus comes back, whichever comes first, you will enter the city which is to come. And you will immediately be in the presence of God your Father. He will run to you. Okay? With, with a smile on His face. And pleasure as He sees you. Because He will know. See, the Father loves His Son. The Father loves His Son, Jesus. The Father loves seeing His Son honored. The Father loves seeing His Son praised. The Father loves seeing His Son spoken of because of all that He did on the cross. And He will know that you spoke of Jesus and honored Jesus and suffered reproach and mockery because of your identifying with Jesus. And so He will come to you and He will look you right in the eye. Okay, He will look you right in the eye with pleasure and favor. And he will say, I saw you when you talked to your neighbor. I saw you. You talked about my son. You honored Jesus. And you experienced reproach. And you experienced scorning. I saw you. And I saw you when you took your work associate out to, to lunch. And you were nervous. I saw you. And you are praying. And, and we, we, Holy Spirit and I, we, we, we helped you. Okay? And you spoke to your work associate about what Jesus Christ had done in your heart. And they did not respond well. And it was so hard for you to have that distance and have that awkwardness and have that reproach upon you. But I saw you. I saw you. And then he will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And never again will you know scorning or mockery or reproach. Because the city of this world is not lasting. And forever then from that point you will know the favor of God. And the love of God. And the pleasure of God in you. And the delight of God in you. Forever you'll know that. And that's why we are... We're in the city of this world, we're comfortable with the affirmation, we don't want to have scorning and mockery, but we see Jesus and we know what's going to the city of come. and so we go out to Jesus and we, we bear the reproach he endured because that reproach is not going to last and the delight and the pleasure and the love and the praise from the Father is coming and will last forever. And so we go, we go talk to our neighbors, we talk to people at work, we talk to our friends. That's what we do. That's how we do it. And so he might lead you, like, to write an email to an old friend who didn't know you when you met the Lord, and you've never, never talked to them about Jesus, and just write an email. Here's what the Lord did. Or maybe you'll invite a neighbor. Would you like to study the Bible? I've been transformed by knowing Jesus Christ. I love to talk to people about Him. Would you want to come over to our home? We could study the Bible together. You, you maybe give a book to someone who's, you know, wondering about suffering or wondering about creation or who knows what. It would be. You might be uh, give a book that'd be helpful. Okay, but you take those steps. You take the steps. You ask the Lord, how how do you want me to do this? And you take steps, and and He will lead you with how to do that. He will lead you. So that's how we're motivated. That's how verse fourteen is a reason to leave the city of this world with its applause and its. Favor and its affirmation and go and bear Jesus reproach. Now just a caution here. I'm not sure this applies to anybody here or not, but you know, you can you can be reproached and and scorned and mocked because you're, how do I put it delicately? Because you're let's just say you're not being very wise in how you're talking to people about Jesus, okay? We should be humble and gentle. We should never argue. Never. Should we argue? We just appeal, and we, we, we're not pushy. If someone's not interested, we're sad, but we're not going to, like, right? So, if you're being mocked because you're, you're causing unnecessary offense, then you want to take that to heart, okay? I'm not sure that anybody here needs to hear that, but it, it may be. But even if you're gentle and tender and winsome and loving, There will be times, there were with Jesus, there will be times when you will be reproached. But here's why we say, yes, that's the path I'm going to trod. That's the path I'm going to walk. It's because the favor and the applause of the world, a hundred years from now for all of us here, it'll be over. Okay? Because you'll be with Him, with Jesus. And so all that reproach will be gone. And the love of the Father, the pleasure of the Father, the delight in the Father... The well-done, good and faithful servant will be there and continuing forever. That's why. Okay, now, then in verse 15 and 16, the author wants to answer another question. The question is, how should we respond to all of this? In verses 9 through 14, he's just kind of rocked our world with all that we have in Jesus Christ. He said, listen, whenever your heart is weak, it'll be strengthened as you come to God's grace through Jesus Christ. He will always meet you and strengthen your heart. Faithful, faithful, faithful. So your heart never needs to continue in weakness. Just come before the Lord. Wait on Him. Trust in Him. That can be wrestling. That can be having other brothers and sisters come and pray with you. That can involve some tears and waiting on the Lord. But He will do it. He will meet you. And so we have that in Christ, forgiveness and strengthening. And then we have forever with the Father in heaven with Christ. So we have all of this in Christ. So how should we respond to this is what he's saying in verses 15 through 16. And he tells us to respond by offering two sacrifices. Okay? We don't do animal sacrifices anymore. That's the Old Testament. But there are still sacrifices that he wants us to bring. And there's two sacrifices he mentions. First, he says continually. Offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That's verse 15. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So because of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. We can come before the Father's presence, have our hearts be strengthened. We know there's heaven forever. We have all of this, so praise God. Praise God. Now, we, we do offer up sacrifice of praise here Sunday mornings, okay? Through worship, we give a chunk of time just to exalting the Lord and praising Him and, and lifting Him up and loving Him. That's huge. But what the author says here, well, it includes that, is is really shocking. He says, continually, underline that in your Bible, continually, through Him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. So, now, he's not talking about just kind of continuously, you know, muttering kind of meaningless religious cliches, blah, 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 blah. It's not what he's talking about at all. He's talking about from the heart, humbly, meaningfully, praising the Father for who he is. So, just throughout the day, Father, I praise you for sending Jesus having become a man to save us. Father, I praise you that Jesus is our great high priest, and that I can come to you right now through him. Thank you, Father, for forgiveness of sins, all my sins, past, present, and future. So just, you're, you're driving on the on the commute. You're saying, Lord, Father, thank you that while this city is, is not going to last, your city will last forever. Thank you that I'm going to be enjoying your pleasure, your favor, your love, your delight forever. Thank you for Jesus bearing reproach so that we could be forgiven. And so you just go through your day continually offering up praise to God. If you took a recording of the, of the things that were playing in your mind this last week, and then you highlighted the ones that were praise to God, how much yellow highlight would be on those pages? Let's ask the Lord to this next week have there be more yellow highlights, that more of what we are thinking and saying to ourselves and talking to ourselves, there'd be less grumbling and more praising, right? Less complaining and more thanking the Father. Continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You all look like you're stunned, okay? Continually? Really? Continually? Continually, okay? And none of us are there, okay? But let's move towards that. The Lord will enable us to do it. And then there's one more sacrifice. Offer sacrifice of doing good and sharing what you have. That's verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. (laughs) Something powerful happens when you leave this city and come to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him and your heart is strengthened by God's grace. When the joy of forgiveness comes upon you, when the guilt of your sin lifts off of you, when you feel the Father's love poured into you, when you are freed and blessed and satisfied and encouraged and you know that you have God now and that it's secured forever through the cross, when that happens, something were changed. We we no longer move towards getting more and finding ease and wanting more security and more worldly things and earthly things. We're we're no longer moving in that direction. We're freed. And so now we find in our hearts we, we move towards need. We move towards sufferings in the world, especially the thought of eternal suffering. We move towards helping people. It's a change, it's a new impulse that comes into your heart. When it's filled with Christ and secured forever in Christ, you're freed from moving towards more ease, more security, more comfort, and you're freed from that move towards need and suffering and and helping other people. So here's some ideas, okay? How might we not neglect to do good and share what you have? Let me just throw out some random ideas. You could volunteer at the Community Pregnancy Center right down the street here, right down on Hillsdale. And talk to young girls who are pregnant and love them and care for them and support them and help them see alternatives to abortion and, and, and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. What a powerful way you could do good and help. You could tighten up your budget and squeeze out like 50 bucks a month to give away to some missionaries who are taking the gospel to an unreached Muslim people group. Wouldn't that be powerful? Okay? Okay. You know, pull out the pencil, sharpen your pencil like they say, and find out where that fifty dollars could come from. You could become part of the setup and takedown crew right here at Mercy Hill Church. Okay, love that. All right, you could organize a cleanup of your neighborhood park. Just go around door to door. Hey, let's let's clean up the park down the street. Let's do a do a cleanup. And and why are you doing that? Well, dearly want to know. Okay. It's because of Jesus Christ. Are you interested? Okay. You could mow the lawn for the widow down the street. Say, could I? You'd want to ask first, okay? But you know, could I? Could I combine mow your lawn? Why would you want to do that? Let me let me tell you why. You could devote five minutes a day to praying by name for those people in your home group. Lord, help them here. Provide the job here. Strengthen them here. Help them to bear witness of you here. Or if you already are doing that, you could take five minutes a day and use Patrick Johnston's book operation world and pray for a different country for five minutes every day for the advance of the gospel there that would do good oh that would do good or you can go to morocco this spring lord willing we're going to be sending a team to morocco where we rebuild earthquake damaged homes and people there who speak the native language can answer people's questions as to why are these rich Americans, because we're all rich Americans to them, why are these rich Americans taking their vacation to sweat and, and build me a house for free? And they can tell it's because of Jesus. And that's why there's been a church planted there in North Morocco. Two sacrifices. A sacrifice of continual praise to God and a sacrifice of doing good and sharing what you have. Okay, so what, what questions does this stir up? I like to ask for questions in case maybe something has not been been clear, or maybe I overstated something, or maybe uh, you're thinking, are you sure you got the passage right? And we can talk about that. We're, just, we're all under, the, under the, the Word of God here. So what questions does this stir up? You know, I am not sure the answer to that question. Uh, that's a good question. It's in Leviticus, and I don't, I don't think anything is said about why. There was a scapegoat, which was different. There was an animal that was taken out alive and, and let go. That's a, That was a different thing. I was thinking, no those, no, those are different. So I'm not sure why only the liver, the kidneys, and the fat were burned on the altar, and the rest of the animal's carcass was burned outside the city. I do not know. Well, it may be that... It may be... Because the sacrifices that were eaten were more like thank offerings and those kinds of things. And it may be because of the sin. It's a sin offering, and so burning it in the garbage dump was a picture of punishment for sin, possibly. But that's also in- involved with the burning on the altar, too. So, Not the sin offering. Not the sin offering. Lots of other offerings they did eat, definitely. They had meat, and they had grain, and they had all kinds of good stuff that would come from the other offerings. But not the sin offering. I didn't know that until last week. I was studying this, so let me just throw out some thoughts, and maybe some others have some answers too. One is, I would I would pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom. If there's somebody you'd like to share the gospel with, say, Lord, help me understand how I could do that. Give me wisdom um, as to how. And uh, and then also, I have found it very helpful, especially when I first meet someone, to ask, um, you know, asking about background. Where'd you grow up? Where do you work? And do you have any spiritual background? Any like church background? And then they can share their story. And that sometimes will give me an entree then. It's kind of a polite, Or, like with these two ladies, next time I see them, Lord willing, I'm just going to say, you know, I've seen you for, for years out here. And uh, I just want to ask you, would you ever be interested in, in, in learning more about Jesus Christ? Again, these are people I've never really talked to in much depth before. So, um, yes, so... Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So so the way we love will be helpful. But then we need to speak too, right? I mean, so actions can just be, well, what a nice person. We want to make sure they understand that we're talking about, we're showing Jesus here. So, yeah. Yeah, so in a meaningful way, you say, praise the Lord, thank you, Lord. And, and, and So three main uh, urgings from the author here. Bear reproach, right? Bear the reproach that Jesus endured. Okay, identify with him, speak of him. That's the first one. Second one, continually offer sacrifice of praise to God and then let's do good and share. And don't forget where, where the power for all of these come from. It's from having our hearts be strengthened by coming to Jesus and receiving God's grace through him. That's where, that's, that's the motive power. That's the gasoline in the tank. So start there and continue there and end there. And these will be the outflow of that bearing reproach for his name, continually offering praise, and, and doing good and sharing. Okay, so let's stand. I want to pray this passage over us. Lord, I ask that right now you would increase the work of your Spirit upon us and that you'd be bringing someone to mind that you want us to to reach out to and to love and care enough about to share the good news of Jesus with this week. We're scared. Don't know what to say, how to bring it up. But Lord, give us your love and your gentleness and your peace and your wisdom. I pray. I pray, Lord. And I ask that as we live bringing our weak hearts to you, that you would so meet us, that we would be continually offering a sacrifice of praise to you throughout the day. And our hearts would be so full that we would care for those around us and do good and relieve suffering, especially eternal suffering. Lord, I pray that you would do that. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that there is not a a heart here that you won't help there's not a heart here that you don't love that you don't care about there's no guilt that can't be forgiven there's no sin that can't be broken there's no pattern that can't be freed and Lord I pray that right now you would touch each heart here with how good you are so that we would meet you, experience you be freed by you and then speak of you